I'm Adam Ennis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear It podcast. Music advice and conversation. Mm-hmm. Coming conversation. at you. <laughs> and, and solid two-handed passes, Peter. And boxing out hard boxing. as hell. Pulling the rug out from under some folks, maybe. Setting picks. Setting picks on Miles like, Davis. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing all of it. I love the uh, title of today's episode. Is, is Bill Evans. Are we committing to that? The Larry Bird of Jazz. Is Bill Evans the... Okay, there it is. It's controversial. It's fun. It's lighthearted. We, listen, we and love... there's a little bit of truth in it. Too, a couple of things just we'll to see. start we love obviously we love jazz yep obviously we love bill evans yep obviously we kind of love larry bird in the nba because <laughs> right. we're uh, we're including why does old... larry bird have to be kind of love we love everything else well, i don't really know a lot about i'm gonna right. be honest that was a little before your time i don't know a lot about larry bird i don't know a lot about basketball other than uh, let, let me just give you a quick like, i watch the playoffs every year that's the kind of fan i am let me give you some because i do remember seeing larry bird playing in the 80s on uh, NBC, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Boston Celtics versus, versus the Lakers, Showtime Lakers. Um, so I'll give you and some of our other younger audiences a little bit of a, uh encapsulation of who Larry Bird was and is. Please do. The Bill Evans of the NBA. Okay. That's what it is. That's, That's all you need to know. It's very specific. That's very specific. So if you see Mr. Bird, you know, in Indiana or anywhere else, just let him know that. So th- today's episode, I mean, we're having fun already, but it is, there's, you know, there's going to be talk about race and there's going to be talk about... Uh, how it affects these two mediums, one of basketball and one of jazz. Right. We're going to be talking about race in terms of a race to the bottom (laughs) of the podcast list, if we don't pull this off right. This is an unusual episode, too, because I think this is the only time we've had multiple takes stretched out over several weeks (laughs) to make this episode. We're usually usually very good about our first or second take on these. Yeah. And never before have we started one, abandoned it, come back to it, and then come back to it again. Yeah, it's just there's not a great hook here other than the great title that we came (laughs) up with. (laughs) And you know what? so just trying to like, I feel like we're also trying to force some some of these things into a boxes, like the comparisons between basketball and jazz are frankly overdone. Right. And But maybe uh, people's perception of the fans and the general... um, you, you know, like how you look at an individual and where is their placement within the music or within the sport or within the team or within like it like what is the cultural phenomenon that surrounds it? You yeah. know, we're not going to be looking at how did Larry Bird play at two five one compared to Bill Evans, obviously. Yeah, this actually has nothing to do with the individuals and more about the sort of media and chatter around these two individuals. Yeah. I think that's how I look Absolutely. at it because it like as far as the music or the basketball or whatever is concerned. Stylistically, we're not going to be making any connections. I don't know. No, there's none to be made, really. But this is also spurred on, you know, we just did an episode where we watched Brad Meldow in the 90s. Yes. And Peter, none other than Brad Meldow commented on that video. I know. Are we sure it was the real Brad Meldow? We're not totally sure, but it's got to be. We think so. It's got to be. uh, It says Brad Meldow 4436. Big shout out to Brad Meldow for, for not only commenting, but but I mean, we'll have a link to this yeah, specifically. Link to the, the video. To, because the his comment 
is like a little mini essay that's kind of better than the video. Actually. I mean, it so you might want to go there and just read of that. his album liner. Notes. Yes, he writes these I know, beautiful I f- essays, I and he wrote a, he wrote us a beautiful essay in a YouTube comment. Didn't you want to be like Brad? I don't know if you know how YouTube works. They're not usually this well thought out <laughs> right. and eloquently written. That's it's right. usually like a bunch of bullshit. So but big shout out to Brad for uh, pushing us to this episode because I guess we mentioned it. I didn't even remember. We that. did mention that we're because <laughs> we had just remember before we recorded that Brad Meldo episode, we had tried to record this episode a couple times and sort of ah, fell right. on our faces with it right and then but i put it out there as like a th- throwing down the gauntlet we are going to do the larry bird bill evans episode and brad even commented maybe you'll address this on your larry bird bill yeah evans no episode. i think he was like i'm looking forward to it so we're like now oh, we, shit, gotta we gotta do, do, it. do it yeah now we all right, we're doing it back this off. is for all you guys and brad so okay this is i'm just going to kind of throw out my thesis on this okay is that cool and yeah, then you know do. you can throw out yours we can see if we're in alignment this is this is we don't have an agenda here no. outside to have some fun but also maybe to you know you, you know pull people together hopefully we, we hopefully. we're not here to divide or, or or make any judgments or anything but bill evans incredible jazz pianist i think that's kind of you know indisputable right amongst pianists right now in terms of any musical artist i would never say it's indisputable that they are the greatest or even great because some people might hear them and be like oh that's boring that sounds like lounge music or i don't like that which is a totally valid thing yes but you can't one thing you can't deny with artists who are now passed away bill has been passed away for 40 years or more um but you can't deny his impact on the music historically uh, and the influence that he had. Absolutely. So there's and no I denying think, that. Yeah. And I think that we're talking kind of from like, you know, how much of a pianist pianist he is like all great jazz pianists, yeah, of course. you know, just like, I think with that, that would be maybe a parallel with Larry Bird. There's not going to be any like fellow NBA players, great basketball players. They wouldn't admire his skill and his skill set, legacy championships legacy. speak right. for themselves. So Bill Evans, fantastic pianist, big influence on me. Um, and, but I've always noticed, and I'm thinking back to even when I first heard him on record, of course, and he was still alive at that time, uh, or had just passed away, right, 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 right around that time. Um, I always noticed like a little bit of a let's push him up even higher than maybe we even feel the love for him as pianist or as the general sort of jazz audience. Because of his race, possibly like a little bit of elevation beyond a little bit of like extra mentioning of him, a little bit of like Bill Evans, the greatest trio of all time. Right. Um, sometimes just out of this, ne- you know, necessary space to the exclusion of some other wonderful jazz pianists as well. Now, when we talk about like Oscar Peterson or, or Herbie Hancock or like the, you know, Chick Corea, there's always like we, we hate we would never get into like a ranking of them. Well, we did. A I little mean, we've bit. done it several times. <laughs> but it's a little bit tongue in cheek. You know, it is tongue in cheek. It's all like, subjective. There's, there's a group no... of like the masters. Yeah, of course. But there's, a, there's definitely a group of like the most influential, just like blow your socks off, that, you know, is a very small group. And Bill Evans is probably not in that group for, for me, for me. But he's certainly right up there. In, like, and so if you look at like a Larry Bird in the NBA, one of the 50 great players that's been documented, I think everybody pretty much agrees with that. But if you get into saying, oh, he's one of the three greatest NBA players of all time, and you're considering, you're throwing into that because he's the best white player. Like, even if that's a subconscious thing, I think I'm not faulting are... anyone. No, there's loads. That of... does happen. Of course, there's loads of subconscious in-group out-group things happening with any of this stuff for sure how you see yourself how you perceive others to see you is all part of i think how people behave towards this stuff i'm interested too in like 
in in Brad Meldow's comment on our recent video, which yeah. sounds freaking amazing to say out loud. Uh, you know, Brad had mentioned like there is this sort of thing of like I think people compare like people would always say, "Oh, you to me, oh, you sound like Bill Evans." You know what I mean? And right. I think it's because and I'm you would a white... say to them, "Racist." <laughs> no, no, because I'm a white pianist, and that's yeah. the only white pianist they know, <laughs> yeah. right? Like that's that's something. Or you sound like Dave Brubeck. And I never really checked out a lot of Dave Brubeck, aside from like the Time Out album that my dad had. So yeah. I was, it was always puzzling. Like, why do you think I sound like Dave Brubeck? Like, I don't even know much of his music. I like what I hear, but it's not my guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, why don't you think I sound like Wynton Kelly or, or Bud Powell or the other piano or Hank Jones, all these other pianists that I listen to way more right. than Dave Brubeck or Bill Evans. You know, I listen to a ton of Bill Evans too, by the way. So it's certainly in there. Like I could see it, but it's funny. No one's ever like, oh man, I hear that Hank Jones stuff in you, even though that's probably like the stuff at this point that's most, or the McCoy that's, I hear all the McCoy Tyner stuff. I, you know, musicians will say that, but like sort of the general public, yes. I think they see white pianists and they equate. And even actually, it's funny that Brad Meldow mentioned that because I think a lot of pianists who are younger than Brad Meldow are like, oh. oh, it's like Brad Meldow, you know? Right. But he's probably like got that. the brunt end of it from that end. You know, yeah. you know, from, from several, from two different generations now. And so, full disclosure, and I, I just want to be honest and transparent and, and say that I definitely don't have the answers, but I think a healthy discussion of this is important. When I heard Bill Evans, and it was the first time was with Miles Davis on a couple different records. I don't remember the exact sequence. They were all kind of around the same time, but for sure, kind of blue, of course. Um, and then there's this great record. I think it's Live at the Plaza, mm -hmm. where he's, you know. Yeah. Great intro on. Um, uh, on Love um, for Sale. Love for Sale. Yeah, yeah. yeah so or, or maybe it's. Uh, Oh, oh yeah, Green Dolphin, Street. one of those. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, but like, I remember hearing that, and like, I was really attracted to his playing. And it, to be honest, it was also like, wow, there's one white guy in because it was like a picture on the back of the album, right? You know, like, so I didn't go gravitate to that because of that. But I was like, who's who's playing piano? Because I kind of knew about Wynton Kelly and Red Garland. I've been listening to some of those, and Herbie was really my first entry point with Miles Davis. Mm -hmm. Um. You know, partly because like my dad said, oh, I've got this, you know, there was, he, I had Rocket, that record that came out kind of as I was getting into jazz. That was a pop jazz. record when you were a kid. That was on the radio. Yeah, so I was yeah. like, I love Herbie Hancock. My dad's like, I think that guy played with Miles Davis back in the 60s. You know, I was like, what? And I was like, you know what you're talking about? It's Herbie Hancock. And then I went and, you know, heard My Funny Valentine and was like, mind blown or whatever. So I started checking out different Miles periods. So Miles was my entry point for Bill Evans. Um, and so... It was, there was definitely like in, you know, for a young white piano player, there was a confidence boost by seeing that. It was kind of like, oh, okay, cool. You know, I can make it to the NBA. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so this is the connection. No, but, but, I think we figured it out. I think we figured yeah, out. but I'm saying like if you're in a situation the where there's predominantly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, the other side of this, which I think is very interesting, I mean, that's just sort of a side note that I think. Almost everybody goes through on some level, if it's race or religion or gender or or identity or whatever. Gender's a heavy one for this too. Yeah, and I think it's and I think we should be honest yeah. and like like talk about that. But that but there is another side to it. I think with the fandom wanting to be like, oh well, our tribe can you know the, the white players can do really good. Stan Kenton, um, Bill Evans, like you hear certain names, and I remember even at the time I was like. I felt weird because I was like, I don't like some of that stuff as much. Yeah. And then like once I once I heard the stuff with Bill Evans, 
um, live at the plaza and I went down this thing and then I heard like live at the village Vanguard the yep. trio because somebody was like one of my mom's friends actually who knew a lot of she actually knew Bill Evans uh, when he came to St. Louis and played I think it was like 82 at the um, the chapel at Wash U the you know the big uh, not Whitaker Hall anyway it was kind of a famous concert it was the last time I used the Bill played here oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. oh I, I talked Graham to Graham Chapel I talked to someone who drove him to that gig. <laughs> Interesting. That'll be for another episode. Yep. We'll Graham Chapel. He played, I believe, 82 or 83 or something. But um, she told me, she was like, oh, you got to listen to Live the Village Vanguard. And that was sort of, I mean, it still is, is known as kind of his, of that trio. is one of the great trio, and it is one of the great trio records of all time. I remember when I heard that, I was like, that's not the Bill Evans I like. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, the style of it. Now, over time, I came to appreciate that more. But that was never like a huge influence on me. But I'm really glad that I didn't get on a thing of like Bill Evans. Oh, my God, he's so great. He's like the Larry Bird of jazz. Let me like take a deep dive. I was still like in that a little bit innocent time of like just what stuff did you on a visceral level react to when you heard? Because Miles was such a – I started to realize, I was like, well, Miles, you know, as you go through the different recordings, had all the cats with him at different times. Yeah. And then I noticed, I was like, wait, McCoy Tyner, I'm hearing about this guy, but I'm trying to find McCoy on a record with Miles Davis, and I couldn't find that. So I was like, oh, McCoy must not be very good. Oh. Then, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm just, you know, it's Yeah, a you're a kid. Stuff. No, yeah. that's the thing. That's but then when I heard McCoy on a Wayne Shorter record, I think it was Speak No Evil. Not Speak No Evil, but that's – it was something – Maybe Juju. Anyway, I can't remember when I first heard it. I was like, oh. And yeah. then that led me to John Coltrane. And then I'm like, and then McCoy off the, off the charts, yeah, you know. know. It's funny, man. This whole, the whole identity of this. And like, you know, so first of all, it's totally natural to when you see someone Whew. who, look, who yeah. looks like you to be like, oh, that could be me. I mean, this is yeah. why representation is so important. And I think it's so funny that it's like. Uh, a lot of people can't see that so jazz is a perfect example of where, at least in America, the sort of sense of representation matter is totally flipped. Yes. Where like the people who are most prominent in the jazz field aren't white, right? right. And so, and then there are a lot of white people who get very like brussled by that. Yeah. Like their feathers get brussled. Brussled too. Bristled? <laughs> they get brussled Ruffled. <laughs> I, I mixed ruffled and bristled. They get rough, rough bristled. Uh, by that Bruffled. thing, and it's just like, bro, you're so close to seeing the whole the whole picture here of what what is yeah. actually happening and why representation is important in all of these sort of you know other fields, right? Uh, and I, you know, for me, man, around this whole conversation, it's like you get into this when you're a kid, and I was dumb and don't know enough about any of these complicated you know pol politics or race or anything like this or even the history of the music. I'm just going by literally what feels and sounds good to me. And then you fall in love with these certain sounds. Yep. And then once you start digging deeper into the history of the more complicated, and for, I, we probably have people around the world who are like, what are you guys talking about? This whole conversation <laughs> well, is... Well, maybe they're thinking of Bill Evans, the saxophone player. They're they like, might you be. idiot. He didn't but play like, piano. In America, this is like a very, you know, co like complicated, ever-evolving ever uh, topic that is, is sticky. It's sticky yeah. to talk about. And uh, especially around this kind of stuff, especially for, you know, uh, a white jazz musician to talk about. But it is something that I think you just have to remain open, curious, you know, and like keep finding out as much as you can about, you know, even though it's like it's like too late. Like I'm already in and in love with it. There's nothing I can do to change my participation right. in this whole sphere like it's in yeah. me it's it's part of me you know what i mean well i think and so like you have to then just like do your i think do your diligence and and 
see where how we got to where we are with this and then just be open to right. how things evolve and then like just you know play from your heart as as it goes you know? absolutely and i think that you know one thing that I, I i do has always made sense to me and i think you know nicholas payton probably better than anybody certainly of our generation has um really spoken to this and explained it and lived it and and really philosophized you know not even philosophized just described it in such an accurate way he's been the, the i think the leader of describing yeah. it in a way that actually has like put light bulbs in my brain about right. like oh this is what is happening because here. it's the reality it is the reality so when you talk about black american music like that's what this music is it makes so much sense when you start yeah like digging just barely under the surface of all of it it's, yeah it doesn't take much work so that's the heritage that's when we talk about the culture that's what it is and i think that bill evans like where where some may go astray when they say well no it's not because look bill evans was good ah you're missing you're missing the thing because like the music and the culture and the lineage of it as long as it keeps existing and we don't screw it up and look you know this podcast that we're talking about this is a perfect chance to screw it up so i would just say that like my approach and my love for this music, and hopefully, you know, this hasn't changed, you know, certainly gotten smarter and evolved since I was 15 years old. But the closer I can stay to that time when it's just like, man, I love this sound. This is what, what this is, is the this? sound that has. And, and has it was known as jazz then, but if, I, if it had been known as BAM, as Black American music at that time, it wouldn't have made a difference to me and it would have better explained yes. kind of what it, what, what it is, you know? What the threat is. Yeah, but it's kind of like yeah. anything with marketing. Like naming is important, but it kind of does. It, it matters and it doesn't matter because at a certain point, people will like if you have, if you call uh, the, the, the uh, a really cool new electric car that you want to make that's a hundred thousand dollars. If you call it a banana and it's only yellow, people will be like, "Well, that's a stupid name," but it is yellow. Whatever. At a certain point, they won't even make the connection. There's a banana, banana, banana. That just becomes what the name is. Now, it might not have been the best naming, and that's I think kind of what has happened with jazz. But when you talk about the music, the culture, the lineage of what it is, the sound, and and you know we can debate endlessly like, well, what does that mean? Swing? Does that mean funk or whatever? Like, if you know it, you know it. It's, it's you a, know, it's a feeling. Yeah. I mean, sure. it's it's Bill Evans when he's playing, you, you know, on live at the oh the Interplay. I'm always talking about that record. That's like some of my favorite it's Bill Evans stuff. Record. But it's also Bill Evans trio playing at the Vanguard. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe since we got the the and we haven't talked enough about Larry Bird in the NBA. Not a lot. The way it's a, that it's a pretty loose a Don, it's a very loose. or something. Yeah. You know, that's that's grown up in Sylvania. The audacity like, of Luca. <laughs> not only is he a great athlete. Although if you look at him and he's kind of out of shape right now, I saw him in the game the other Damn. day. Damn, you know he no, he's not like Luca. The, you can write to Peter Martin. No, no, no. he's a very gifted athlete, but he's not the most athletic player to ever come into the league. But he's very skilled and he's very connected to the culture of American basketball, NBA, whatever the hell you want to call it. Yeah, Black American NBA. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know, well, whatever it is, and so it's like. It's it it you know are people celebrating him too much probably so like they did Larry Bird or whatever, um, but I think it is interesting to to think about this and you know to to your point that people bring up we don't talk about Bill Evans enough I think we talk about an appropriate amount because I, I because agree. we love Bill Evans but but we love Hank Jones we love C- I mean we don't talk about Cedar Walton nearly as much that's true and he's a ty- I mean he's so influential Top on us ten Brad for me. was talking about hearing him and it took me back to Sweet Basil was the trio in eighties yeah. yeah man. Uh, yeah, and and then again, you know, the further it's kind of too like uh, the Loive episode that we did. Yeah, remember Adam Neely talked about. Do we talk about like, Loive too much? <laughs> well, we just learned about her. We so. just learned about her, but and I don't think that's how you pronounce her name. Uh, 
But Adam Neely had like was talking yes. about sort of like Black American music and its connection to New Orleans culture, right. specifically New Orleans culture. And when you're down in New Orleans, you feel that. Right. You feel how the music feels. And I think again, going back to bring that back to Nicholas Payton, like that culture is still, I think, sort of like where we should look yeah. for leadership for the music, for the way it feels, for the history of it. It all started there and is still sort of like pulsating out of that place. You right. Know what I'm so there's a absolutely there's a couple things that um came to mind and I sort of found them and we'll just sort of put these as reference points. I remember reading this, Ethan Iverson, shout out Ethan, who's a great writer and a prognosticator about the music as well, um, had a thing about Bill Evans at the Bohemia, which is like kind of a bootleg thing or whatever from 1958. But it was basically when Red Garland was still in the band, John Coltrane, Paul Chambers, Philly Joe Jones. Um, and that might have been the same band around the same time as live at the uh, at mm-hmm. the plaza that I was talking about. Yep. And so Bill Evans definitely did some playing. I don't know if he was subbing. I don't know what the whole story was. But I love the way Ethan Iverson says, my, fa- my favorite Bill solos where he is swinging, in quotes. Yeah, I, I know, I know. Probably remain. But I, like Ethan kind of has a demarcation between like swing Bill Evans and other times um, and and gets into that and why it is. And so we'll link to that because that's some really like if you want to kind of go on a deeper dive stuff that I've never really thought about a lot. But I, it did get me thinking again about this period and how much I like Bill Evans. And this is not to take away from everything. Did I mean, look, the duo record with um, Tony Bennett is, is is amazing. I mean, that's a masterpiece. Under uh, Undercurrent uh, with Jim Hall is also a masterpiece. Absolutely. Beautiful. You know, Interplay, I feel like isn't talked about. Now, I wouldn't say isn't talked about enough. It's just all, it's it's, it's all good. Walter you know what Debbie I mean? is one of the great compositions of the early 60s. Absolutely. Yeah. One of the great jazz compositions, jazz standards, for sure. for you sure. know. Um, and so, but I don't think there's anything wrong. I love this idea of like the swinging period of Bill Evans. But it also brings to question, and we'll link to two different um, Ethan Iverson um this one's kind of short about the Bohemia, but also his interview with Nicholas Payton, which I highly recommend. It's a long read. Yeah. Uh, and But it's a good read. It's a great read. Now, I mentioned in there a few times, that's not why I'm saying to read this. I'm saying more about the Bill Evans stuff uh, because Ethan and, and Nicholas kind of addresses that a little bit. Um, brings up an issue that Miles Davis said in his autobiography, or at least hinted at, and that was whether or not Bill Evans did enough uh, to stay connected to the culture or like did he go off and then like form a white trio and just do that forever and mm-hmm. it, that's a controversial kind of thing but i think it is something that we should that folks that want to really explore this should think about because it would kind of be like did larry bird like go and form his own league you know what it's i mean analogies no. too it's hanging on by it's a too, thread okay, it's sorry. <laughs> but i'm trying to pull it back we have it at the title we we, we haven't talked enough about larry do you know where larry bird is from indiana what town come on come on french lick French lick. Did you just make so that European up? yet so is it, nasty? <laughs> is that a is that a gelato flavor? What is that? I don't know. It's it's I don't know. It's a it's a it's a establishment in the Saint-Berry Saint-Denis neighborhood of Paris that's open from eleven PM till four AM, I think. Peter, did we finish this episode? Did <laughs> How we, we do Caleb get through it? Caleb has does has, has not like, you know, covered his face and run off in shame. So I think we did okay. No, I think uh, these conversations are always good to come back to, you know. Yeah. It, it's it's a discussion worth having for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Till next time. You'll hear it.